We ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Standby transwarp drive. Two. Roger. Ready to move up. On my mark. One. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show with Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. All right. We're here again for another episode of the Low Down Sports Show. This show is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Drew. And I'm BJ. And we're here to get the lowdown on all things basketball. Got an NBA playoff field episode for you guys on tap today. And a lot of action to talk about. Some injury news and more going on with this team. We got plenty to talk about. Uh, A lot of playoff action been going on through this past weekend. Up through the first half of this week. A lot of good games going on. Some interesting series, interesting scenarios. We'll get into all of it. We're going to start east to west on things today, east side of the playoff bracket, and then the west side of the playoff bracket, and uh, obviously play some with it or quit it. We love we love our games around here. We uh, sure so do. We we do indeed. And uh, BJ, uh, you uh, you ready? Well, I guess if you insist. No, I'm ready, Drew. Let's well, do it. He's ready. Let's get things going. Like I said, starting in the Eastern Conference side of things, let's start with that top seed matchup with that bottom seed, Miami and Atlanta. So coming into this series, BJ, um, Miami's been giving Trey Young a tough time all year. Um, It's one of his lower scoring averages against the Miami Heat. Um, Coincidentally, I had – there was an expert – uh, for ESPN, uh, Andre Stellings, who had an, a TikTok out about an over-under for Trey Young in their last regular season game against Miami. He made all these points about what Miami's doing with Trey, and I'm like, yeah, 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 he's got to break out at some point, which he did, but I took the expert's advice at the time. Bad timing to take the expert's advice because now is when it's really in effect. In this series, Trey Young has been basically null and void, uh, not too relevant in this series. And it's really showed Trey Young in this series just averaging 16.5 points per game, six rebounds, and five and a half assists. What are some things that uh, stand out from that alone, BJ? Yeah, I was going to say eight points in game one uh, was what really kind of stood out to me Mm -hmm. and what uh, was otherwise, you know, just absolutely a throttling win for Miami. They won that one by 20 plus points. Uh, it just was uh, a fantastic effort in game one for Miami, but then in game two on Tuesday night, uh, Trey young got it going. They got some uh, key contributions from uh, Bogdanovich off the bench for Atlanta did, but it still wasn't enough because they were only able to, to get to 11 points between hurt Puerto and uh, Gallinari combined, but Trey Young did go off for 25 and did uh, keep them in that game. He was more aggressive. It seemed Uh, he was able to, to make some plays 
on defense that turned into offense for his guys and kept them in that game close. In fact, Drew, if, if I am not mistaken, they were within uh, two points at halftime. They had, were back and forth all throughout that first half, and then the Heat really capitalized in the third quarter and were able to pull away and, and get the win to go up 2-0. Uh, but it really, I mean, it felt like Jimmy Butler was the uh, the reason why they were able to pull away in that third quarter. Obviously, he had 45 in the game as a whole, but it seemed like in the third quarter he was – he he couldn't miss. He was fifteen to twenty five on the night and eleven and twelve at the charity stripe. But you know, you take a look at what he did uh, from deep four of seven. That's that's big for a Miami team that shot thirty nine percent in the game. Yeah, BJ. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a I'm gonna create a saying for this series. Okay. S- steady as Trey goes. Steady as Trey goes. I like that. Steady as Trey goes. It's not something that uh, I, don't, I believe you could apply to the regular season. Yes, he did score a lot of points. And, you know, he was the leading player in total points in the NBA. But his team was able to stay steady, even though it's injuries throughout the season. Losing Collins for that period of time, you know, it was on Trey's shoulders. But he had some help to, you know, be a team that ended up four games above 500. But mm-hmm. these, this playoffs is very much steady as Trey goes. And that is the goal of the Miami Heat, as you can see, is to pretty much shut him down. And they they accomplished that feat in, in game one by <laughs> probably even more so than they had hoped. And then I don't believe game two was a, uh, an efficient night for Trey. Uh, even if it was, he's still not, you know, playing up to his level. He averaged 28, uh, 29 points a game this year, um, and he's yet to get that even in the play-in play in and playoffs combo. I don't think he's gotten up to 28, 29 yet. But, uh, you know, the Hawks, they need Trey and his confidence, and you know the type of confidence that he exudes on the oh, basketball yeah. court to really get them going. So I think if they can do that in Atlanta – and, you know, whether it's Trey start off hot or at least start off efficient. So even if he doesn't go crazy starting off, let's say he starts like five for six, has, uh, I don't know, 12 points, 13 points or something. And he's just out there like iceberg, ice tray, you know, brushing mm-hmm. off his arms like he does and taking bows and stuff in Atlanta. And that team is going to come alive. You know, they came alive. Yeah. They were alive a little bit more in game two little bit more life in the team but they're they're still not playing up to par and they've got a chance to really get into that mode in atlanta but if they drop game three it's a sweep and it's over so you either get a sweep and it's over because the hawks lose game three or hawks have a chance to turn it around by by uh going off their game three win if they get that w yeah, I'll, I'll even go as far as to say if they win game three, they will win another game at home and they mm. will go back to Miami. It'll take Miami at least six if if they don't get it done in a sweep. Hey. Um, I think, you know, you were talking about efficiency and, and everything. Plus, you, you remember how good Atlanta's been at home this year. I know Miami's obviously the one seed for a reason. They played really well on the road. But you were talking about efficiency. Trey Young, yeah, he, he had 25 in game two. Minus 11, Drew. He was yeah. minus 11 in game two. 
and you go back and look at game one, I'm sure it's even worse since he only had eight points. Yeah, he was double. It was minus 22 in game one. That's ugh. And here's some some series stats here for the teams here. Miami happened to get 115 in both of those games, so they're averaging that during the series. And uh, Atlanta averaging 98 after the clunker in game one and barely getting over 100 in game two. So, you know, Trey getting it going as part of that offense to get them above 100 points and really start scoring. Um, You know, one of the top offenses uh, in the league, you know, they highlighted during the game the Hawks have, like, six or seven players that average double figures on their team. So, um, you know, some other guys, uh, you know, I've been able to knock it down like Bogdanovich. He's had a good series, but uh, you need a little more from Herter. And, you know, obviously, like we said, Trey uh, rebounds in the series. Hawks have that advantage by two, even without Clint Capella uh, in, in game two in a portion of game one, uh, but are getting dominated in the assist totals. Uh, total average per game, 28 assists to 18 and a half. So we'll see. We'll see how game three goes in Atlanta tonight. Uh, Indeed. Big, big time game on ESPN. Make sure y'all check that out. I believe it's the first one that is tonight. So I'll know. double check the schedule. It's yes, six, it's the first one at six o'clock. Yeah, six uh, o'clock Central. start, uh, seven Eastern. Make sure y'all check that game out. Could get more, could be more of an interesting watch from here on out if uh, the Hawks win Game Three. So there goes Hawks and Heat. Now let's check out a series where I mean I, I kind of didn't expect for it to get this lopsided like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly Toronto, uh, Philly Toronto, Philly coming out just dominating out the gates against Toronto and you know Philly secure in home court I believe that's this is exactly what happened in that series in 2019 it was a win it, you know the, the home team won so mm-hmm. uh, whoever was hosting it and they won the first two home team won the next two home home and then I think the Raptors were the host uh period yeah, in game and seven that, yeah and then they won in Toronto so um Here's the uh, – it's a flip scenario here, and who knows? It could pan out the exact same way, but with Philly winning uh, in Game 7 instead because they've dominated so far. But we've seen turnarounds in in, in a series before where adjustments in Game 3 uh, could lead to either a tight win or a big win and serious change at that point. So we'll just have to see. But Tyrese Maxey-B-Day is having one – I'm going to say one hell of a series. Uh, yeah. 30 and a half points per game in these two games, six and a half rebounds, five assists. He's going insane. And uh, literally he's, he's carrying them to victory and uh, beat MVP. Hmm. Tyrese Maxey doing all the things for him in these first couple of games. Uh, Embiid actually not doing a ton, at least compared to what Maxey's done so far. Um, you know, MB just had had a uh, had one of those average games in the first one. Had 31 and 11 in, in this latest game, mm-hmm. but uh, had like I don't know 23 points in game one. But 19 Max, and 15. 19 Great. and 15, even worse. Um, so Maxie's really showing out in this series, and we knew he was a a really good player. He had those he has those flashes during the season, but is really uh, 
letting things fly and racking up the points here in this first series. Um, averages for the teams early on these first two games, series averages 121.5 points from Philly per game, just 104 from Toronto. Uh, Philly winning the rebound battle 40 to 35 and a half and winning the assist battle 24 and a half to 21 and a half. So Toronto just needs to start, start scoring. Um, what's, what stood out in this series so far to you, BJ? And do you think the Raps have any hope to win it? I'll, I'll say that they absolutely drew, do, Drew. And because of why... I think the Raptors are a really good team on their home court. I think they're absolutely Drew still in the series. And, you know, you, you had made the bold prediction uh, before we uh, saw the playoff start that the Raptors would take this one in seven games. I, I still think the Sixers will win, but uh, they're going to have to really steal a game on the road in order to do so. And I'm not, 100% confident like Vegas is that they will be able to get one of the three on the road that they need right now. They are uh, at least as of recording time Wednesday, they were one and a half point favorite on the road in Toronto for game three. And now, uh, and that is with the, you know, Maxi not being able to travel and play. So I, I think the Raptors are still in the series, and I think it's because of Tyrese Maxey and his contributions to the Sixers that the the Raptors are in this hole to begin with. Maxey making a big difference in this series, and Harden not doing a whole lot, BJ. Um, yeah. Are you surprised? In from... And in game one, Drew, he uh, I think he had even worse shooting. Let's see, 14 in game two, but in game one he had 22. So, what was your question? I'm sorry. What have you thought of Harden in this series? Are you surprised at how uh, he's performing? Yes and no. I mean, you alluded to it uh, last week when we were talking about, you know, Harden has has had some struggles in the postseason in the past. And so that you kind of expect that, uh, you know, he didn't shoot great in game two, uh, three for nine from the field, one of four from three in game two and then in game one it was a little bit better when he was able to get 22 points he was six of 17 from the field and four of seven from deep so he hit a few more shots in game one than he did in game two they haven't needed him to this point but uh at least to to make more of these shots but they're going to need it now in in game three and game four especially uh up in toronto because there's a reason why they made the trade and they brought him in and they really need him to contribute and, and justify why they were willing to give up all the capital that they were in order to bring him in and, and try to push this team past the, that, you know, that next step, that point where we've gotten this far and only to go home and, and have our season in like this. So in order to make that next step up, get to the conference finals and have a chance to go to the NBA finals. They need Harden to step up, at least in this series. Now, after they get done with Toronto, if they do win the series, they shouldn't have to worry about not having Maxi for the rest of the playoffs. But, you know, you're, you still want to have Harden step up and, and be a, a factor because you can't 
allow them to to double team and beat or or you know try to play lockdown defense on Maxi and if Harden's taking shots and missing them that's what the the defense is going to want is to encourage him to shoot more but I think if Harden continues to shoot he'll he'll find his way out of a slump we'll see we Please. will see. We shall see. I'm still I, gonna... Maybe I've got a lot of unfounded confidence in these Sixers, like you uh, said. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, just kidding. These Sixers are good. Uh, it's a really good team. Let's keep going down the east, though. Milwaukee, Chicago. Chicago uh, haven't looked great for a while. And, but no. they put up a considerable fight in game they did, one. That they did, yeah. A low scoring affair on both sides. Uh, they they're gonna be they're gonna have another game before you guys hear this podcast. So they'll be going into game three by the time you guys listen to this pod. But uh, you know, Bulls will either steal one or get blown out here. There's, I don't think there'll be a difference here in uh, in. Uh, there's there's no uh what am i trying to say good lord i have no idea <laughs> uh, there's no if ands or buts about it by god they're getting blown out or they're getting an upset dub in milwaukee the upset dub in milwaukee would be huge oh, and yeah. really make this interesting and i want this series to be interesting i had it ending in five but i want it to be interesting so bad like chicago refigure yourself out and start playing good ball again I, I had this series ending in five as well, Drew. Yeah, uh, like, man, at least give the people of the city that are fans, like you know, had, you know, some hope. Like, don't don't get don't get beat down. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's just tough to have any faith in this Bulls team. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, they really haven't given us much to to uh, feel like they've got a, a fighting chance, even with Demar Derozan. Man. You know, I mean, it's. Here, here's some troubling stats, Drew. Oh, Even boy. in as close a game as that was, I know. Uh, Vucevic, 9 of 27 from the field for 24 points, 2 of 10 from deep. Why is Vucevic taking 10 three-pointers? <laughs> DeMar DeRozan was 6 of 25 from the field, 0 of, 0 of 2 from deep. Zach Levine, 6 of 19 from the field, 2 of 10 from deep. That just doesn't inspire any confidence in this Bulls team. Oh, it's so baffling they stayed so close. It's only because Milton and Holiday couldn't hit a shot either. Yeah, Milton 4 of 13. Yeah. Yeah, so the only one that could was Giannis, and most of his weren't in the paint or weren't outside the paint, I should say. Um, yeah. You know, and in the reserves didn't give them a whole lot. But, yeah, I mean, when you got, you got three guys shooting 19-plus shots, that's not – exactly great especially no. when they're not hitting nobody it's is hitting outside of a barn yeah like one person in one person is hitting a third of them that's horrible that's yeah. you know better shots somewhere else or just uh you know less shots longer possessions you know maybe i don't know what that game looked like in its totality as far as did the did the bulls take too many quick shots like you know less less yeah. ball movement what's that what's that assist total looking like for the bulls only 17 assists yeah. in the game. Six of them coming from DeRozan. Uh, no one else having more than three. Um, it's just the Bulls have just been poo and like the identity that they had early of their. This is a good defensive team, um, and you know they were just able to also knock some shots down. Like Ao only saw less than nine minutes. 
Kobe White played okay. He played okay. 12, 4, and 4, it looks like. No, 4, and that's it. No, 12, it's... and 4. Um, but these Bulls, if they want to steal one, they got they can't. They got to shoot better than that, obviously. Yeah, thirty-two percent from the field, nineteen percent from deep. Even Milwaukee had some struggles, but they still shot over forty percent from the field and twenty-six percent from deep, which is normally not the key to to victory. But they made a few more shots, and that ended up being the difference in the game when you look at a, a seven-point victory. Yeah, and Ao and Derek Jones Jr. playing nine minutes, only getting up one shot. You know, maybe Demar Derozan or Vucevic can share a few of those. See if we can get some other threats out there offensively, because they don't appear to be worrying about some other folks, because they ain't gonna shoot the ball. I got three guys that played at least eight minutes that shot one time a piece. Yeah, and I'll tell you this, Drew. Um, you know, I, I look at odds for the finals coming. You know, from a couple of days ago. Let's go from Monday and now to the time of this recording on Wednesday. The Bucks' odds to make the NBA Finals have actually gotten a little bit worse. They started off uh, plus 450, at least as of Monday, and now they've shifted back to plus 475, even after a, a Game 1 victory. Uh, must just not been too impressive, even though Vegas has them, you know, as big, has a, dum- a double-digit favorite in Game 2. Uh, they were a double-digit favorite in Game 1, and... So it's it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you like you said, I hope Chicago keeps it interesting. I am just not counting on it. This yeah. is this was the series that I thought was going to be the the quickest to finish, but I might be wrong. There might be another one that uh, we'll get to that finishes even quicker. Which I was, you know, I kind of want to say I was a little bit right on. Mm. We'll talk about it. Okay, he thinks we're gonna finish a little quicker. Let's talk about this last series in the East okay. in Boston and Brooklyn. What an instant classic that one was! Instantly, uh, last second, go ahead, Jason Tatum, fuck it, to win it. Nets almost had a comeback, uh, comeback victory here on the road to over to start aggressive off the defense, Drew. Yeah. A lot we saw a lot of that recently, and I saw a lot of that from Spencer Dinwiddie the other mm-hmm. night. But I'll I'll get to him later. Yeah. Uh, but the Nets had had a chance here, and you know, BJ, do you think it's their last chance to steal a road game? No, I think they'll early. go back to Boston. I think they'll win. I think they can absolutely win Game Two, but I also think they'll go back to Boston. Okay, especially yeah. since it's a two-two-one-one-one. Uh, yeah, I think they'll they'll absolutely get back to, uh, to Boston. Well, by God, one thing they got to do better in Game Two, BJ, is rebound the stinking basketball. They were out rebounded yeah. forty three to twenty nine against the Celtics. Um, Drummond's got to get in there and do something. Man had four rebounds in the game, and you know that's what you're in the game for, buddy, is to rebound the ball. And and fourteen to five, Boston out offensive rebounded the Nets, giving themselves more chances, and av- actually being able to capitalize on those extra chances. Uh, I'm looking for second chance points here. If I can find that stat, I'll give that to you. And here, one. I'll give you something real quick though. 
Kevin Durant had a bad game, and they still almost won. Yeah. He had a pretty bad game. My man was – he had 23 points, 9 for 24 from the field, 1 for 5 from 3, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 6 turnovers, minus 13, tied for a team worst. Kevin Durant yeah. had a bad game. Only reason the Nets were in it is because Kyrie was hot all night, mm-hmm. 60% from everywhere. Didn't miss a free throw. Five rebounds, six assists, four steals. He was he was all over it. And, uh, you know, Durant's going to get back into it tonight. You know, Curry's going to make more than a few shots. Uh, you know, Bruce Brown might put up some more. Drummond's going to get some more rebounds because – Somebody's going to get on his butt about it. 17 minutes, four rebounds is not acceptable, Andre Drummond. Um, and, uh, you know, got to get some more scoring and some shot attempts for Patty Mills. One shot attempt? One shot attempt. And a three. Patty yeah. Mills. yeah, it was a three ball. Drogic had 11. And how, how Patty Mills going to get one shot up? But uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and... It's funny, LaMarcus Aldridge unretired just to not play here in these playoffs. Maybe maybe Steve Nash mix it up, toss him in, get some minutes, uh, trying to wicken some offense to help out KD and Kyrie. Why not? I mean, he has a yeah. defensive liability, but so is Andre Drummond, and he still gets enough minutes. So a lot of these players are defensive liabilities. <laughs> the, most of this team is defensive liabilities. Yeah. Them winning a championship would be incredible. You know? Yeah, and the defense here, of this other team is mainly why I think this thing is going seven. Yeah, I mean, here's when you look at the box score, uh, Brooklyn outshot the Celtics. If you looked at just the numbers, you would have thought that the Nets would won. They were fifty four percent from the field, forty six percent from deep, compared to Boston's thirty six percent from deep and forty seven percent from the field. But when you've got four guys that the Celtics have, Jason Tatum. Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and Jalen Brown all going for 20 or more points. They played as a team, and they, you know, they capitalized on some of the Nets' overaggressiveness, especially defensively in the final uh, couple possessions. And they were quite literally able to steal a cookie from the cookie jar at the buzzer and get a, a win at home uh, to to take Game One. Now they can't have to, you know, they're not going to be able to to do that again, I wouldn't think. I think that Brooklyn's going to be able to fix some of the mistakes that they made. And I think that they're going to have to figure out another way to defeat this Brooklyn team because you can't count on Durant having a a bad game again, like he did in game one. And, you know, I mean, maybe it's Kyrie that, that has a down game and KD steps up. So Brooklyn's going to have to find a way to, to get more contributions, like you said, but for Boston, their 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 script, how they win, is not going to be the same from game one to game two. It will not at all. Uh, it'll be a it'll be a great series though as this continues on, and like I said, these these players that played bad aren't going to continue to do so. Uh, Kevin Durant's going to probably come back and have thirty five tonight, um, and tonight being Wednesday, and then. You know, probably have a good weekend as well. Um, don't anticipate him, you know, shooting as badly anymore this series. And you know, he'll get some more rebounds and and just be more be more overall involved because he's freaking Kevin Durant. 
Yeah, before we move on, I got one quick question. Go Were you surprised that the Nets had the ball in KD's hands with that their final shot when they were still ahead before uh, and they were trying to waste away the shot clock before Boston got the rebound and ultimately got the win. Were you surprised that Durant got the shot? Yes and no. No, because he's the best player. Yes, because Kyrie was the hot hand. Yeah. And you know you can rely on him to to shoot those shots. And especially, you know, putting up, you know, 60% from the field that night, you know, from everywhere, three in the field. I mean, I feel like you had to give it to him, but it might have been like one of the easiest times to telegraph um, who they were giving it to this time, though, if they were to give it to Kyrie, because everybody knew he was hot. So, yeah, Kyrie was just next level in, in game one. Yeah, and with the length of Kevin, if he just gets any kind of decent look, he can shoot over someone and, you know, maybe, you know, that shot, you know, uh, no matter how bad he shot, as long as he hit that one, you know, that's all that would have mattered. But The dagger, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that's probably what they were thinking there. Um, but I totally would, I totally understand what you're, what you're saying is, you know, would rather have it in Kyrie's probably. It's just one of those things that you can go back and, and look and overanalyze everything once the game's over. But in the moment, I think if you're Nash, you've got to feel like you've got your best chance with with to make a shot with, with Durant. Right. And uh, we'll see what happens as far as um, some help for Jason Tatum. On the other side, too, maybe a little more brown. They're still doing yeah. all right, though, but going to be a good long series. Um, good stuff. All right. East Absolutely. Is, East is done. Uh, a lot of playoff action, BJ. Speaking uh well, I mean, <laughs> we were speaking of the playoffs technically this whole time. Uh, those NBA playoffs, those playoffs, BJ, mean next level basketball you got to get in on the first round action while it's still here with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA this week new customers can bet five dollars on any team to win and get 150 dollars in free bets instantly you win no matter what yeah, Drew, I know you've been taking advantage of some of those same game parlays as all DraftKings Sportsbook customers can do so. My bet last night, Miami minus eight and a half, that hit, and I was taking it to the bank. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout, such as let's say you want Kevin Durant to go for 30-plus points. You get take uh, you know the over-under on on what he does and and maybe you say that uh marcus smart is limited to less than 20 you could combine multiple bets of the same game for a bigger payout the more legs you add the more money you can win plus for each day of the first round you can get a risk-free bet up to ten dollars if your same game parlay does not hit Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of these playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Drew, we're going to shift gears and we're going to take it to the West. And, well, the top seed in the West 
Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns. They got a blazing hot start, uh, no pun intended, of course, for the Suns, with uh, Devin Booker going off for 30-plus points in the first half. But then a little bit of a hamstring tightness. He left the game in the third quarter, did not return. And Brandon Ingram and the New Orleans Pelicans are able to get a road victory in Phoenix, and they come away to even the series after two games. They went on game two on Tuesday night to even the series. And that means, Drew, that three of the first three of the four first round series are even at one game apiece. And you wouldn't have expected maybe Phoenix and New Orleans to be even at one game apiece because of well, you know, New Orleans, everybody's talking about, you know, they're only here because of the playing tournament, 10 games under 500, blah, 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 blah. But you got to give them credit. Brandon Ingram just balled out in, in getting that game two victory. Oh, yeah. Man almost had a 35 plus point triple double in the victory, uh, in which uh, Devin Booker pulled his hammy uh, or had the hamstring tightness, I should mm-hmm. say. Uh, but yeah, Brandon Ingram, he's been waiting to get on this stage, man, and he, he's got the he's got the ability to do it. He's got the length, he's got the drive, and he's showing it in these first two games. You know, twenty-seven and a half points per game, seven and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. Those are big time numbers, and you know, he's he's making things tough. You know, I mean, you know, he he could use some help in, in some regard. That first game, Valanciunas couldn't hit anything. It seemed like. And uh, but, you know, he's he's balling out. He's ready for this stage. And, you know, Chris Paul's still doing what he does, but hard to get the victory after your number one dude goes down who had, you know, 31 points in 25 minutes. So, you know, it was hard to pull that one out of the Chris Paul pocket and come away with a win. Uh, One thing that is really helping uh, the Pelicans completely stay competitive is they're dominating the rebound battle 48 and a half to 34 uh, for the for the Suns over there, uh, Valanciunas just gobbling up the rebounds, um, really kind of helping uh, take that over down there, and then obviously some other players contributing as well. But uh, getting getting some extra chances with those with those boards, um, points. Uh, it's even in the series. You know, Pelicans didn't have a whole lot of points scored in the first one, just 99, and came out with 125 piece in this one. So. They were able to make things even out with that big win in game two, but it would be really cool to have this, this series stretch out. Um, you know, we don't know the, uh, the full extent of Devin Booker's injury. Uh, we'll see about that. But if, if Devin Booker is out, this could very well turn into a seven game series, BJ, uh, even a hobble Devin Booker could stretch it out to six at least um, and, and who knows what kind of momentum the Pelicans could catch. Uh, and this is, it's a difficult matchup, I think. Yeah. At the end of the day for Phoenix, you know, uh, yeah. New Orleans has a lot of length and a lot of size. And, you know, like I said, they're really, they're really killing on these boards here and, you know, they don't really have enough. They, they weren't prepared for this matchup, I don't think. And, you know, just kind of looking at it here, you know, CJ could get hot at any moment. Like, you got to have Mikel on Brandon. So, I mean, who's going to stop Siege? You're going to have, you're going to force Chris Paul to go do that. You don't need Booker on him. You get Booker baited into some fouls by CJ. That's not a good time. And, you know, Valanchunas, when he's actually hitting, 
from inside, he can be a real problem. But, I mean, he's still a problem either way. I mean, he's gotten double-doubles in these first two. And, uh, you know, he just – he gets some more looks to go down. He's going to be flirting with, you know, some 2010, 2015 games. So, uh, it is – it's a difficult matchup for, for Phoenix uh, due to the length of New Orleans and the skill set of, you know, various – you know, various players on this team. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're sneakily kind of deep as a team that was yeah. 10 games under. And, uh, you know, they could they could – Oddly enough, make a series interesting that no one expected to get interesting at all. Yeah, that trade to get CJ McCollum in really, I think, was the catalyst for them in terms of how they got to this point. But you know, having Brandon Ingram and and guys like that step up in the Anthony from the Anthony Davis trade is what got them to this win in the first place. So uh, I told you some odds had shifted earlier uh, as yes. a result. Uh, so NBA Finals. Uh, four teams have improved because of the uh, news with uh, Devin Booker's situation. And, and Coach Monty Williams did say that they're expecting to have more information on Wednesday. Now, I'm going to check Woj. I have not seen anything come out as of the time of recording. But if something else does come out, we'll be sure to give you the latest information as up to the minute as we can. The Suns' odds have actually gotten worse because of this uh, compared to where they were on Monday, where they were plus 220 to make it to the NBA Finals. They had the best odds of any team. They now have the second best odds up to plus 315. Golden State has gotten their odds boosted considerably well, and we'll talk about why in just a moment. They are now the the, uh, team that is the most or that they have the the greatest odd they they're Vegas's favorite at this point. Spit it uh, out. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> they have Vegas's favorite to make the finals at this point, plus two seventy five. Okay. The other four, the other three teams, Drew, that have seen an odds boost in their favor. The Grizzlies have gone up from plus two thousand to plus sixteen hundred. The Pelicans, as a result of directly playing the Suns, have gone from plus twenty five thousand to plus fifteen thousand, which is still a significant jump. And the Dallas Mavericks have seen their odds go from plus eight thousand to plus five thousand, in, mm. in large part because of what they were able to do in Game Two against the Jazz, and we'll talk about them momentarily. Mm. Interesting stuff there, BJ. Uh, Want to go into some of the numbers from Game One from uh, the Pelicans side of things. Pelicans had one of those rough situations shooting, kind of like the Bulls did in their first game. Uh, Valanciunas talked about him and what he's been doing. He was seventh for twenty-one in Game One, but hauled in twenty-five rebounds of his own, thirteen offensive goodness, and eighteen points, but just had an efficient, inefficient scoring night. If he <laughs> Man, he makes even one of those, one more of those field goals. He's got a 20-29 in a, in a loss. Yeah. Uh, McCollum, he couldn't hit much either. All the stars for the Pelicans uh, shot 36% or less from the field. Uh, McCollum, tw- uh, 9 for 25, 25 points. And uh, Ingram, 6 for 17 from the field, 18 points in that first game. Uh, so... They're you know, starting these... five. They're starting five. Drew McCollum was minus ten. Valanciunas minus eleven. Ingram minus yeah. six. Yeah, not not good. It definitely definitely doesn't help your uh, 
your box plus minus in that regard when you cannot hit the broad side of a barn from the field. Yeah. Uh, Valanciunas didn't shoot near as many times the second go around, um, but was a little more efficient. I mean, I don't want to say because of it, but just shot it better. Four for nine the second time. Didn't grab near as many boards or o, or o boards for that matter. Went from 13 to three, but still got 13 boards in the game. Um, and obviously Ingram shot better. Uh, McCollum shot a little better, but he's still shooting under 40. percent So he's he's got to he's got to get his uh, from the field down. He oddly enough he shot six for ten, but was one for eight everywhere else. So he's got to just get. You know, I don't know if he's just missing bunnies uh, or you know missing some usual mid range shots he pulls up or what. But he's got to get it together. And, uh, heck, they could use some scoring off the bench, not getting a whole lot. Did get 13 from Larry Nance, but, I mean, they've, they've got uh, Grand Theft Alvarado over there trying to get some sneaky steals as well. It, this is this will be fun. This will be fun, man. Uh, be yeah, good. I think so, too, I, especially I, 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 with the series shifting back to New Orleans. I do need to know what they plan, what Phoenix plans to do about Valanchunas. If they just give that man some more touches – he could easily have a 2020. He just like be efficient, or like I said, even a 2015 is you know more realistic. But uh, you know they they've got to find a way to stop him because he's he's a big part of that that dominating that uh, from the rebound aspect that the Pelicans are doing. Yeah. But uh, moving on now, PJ. Okay. I'll let you uh, continue. Yeah, next series up is a, another series that's even at a game apiece. Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz. Uh, they're still – the Mavericks were able to uh, hang closer than a lot of people gave them uh, credit for, at least nationally. And we were talking about it last week. If, if Luka missed some significant time, it, it might be a rough ask. Now, they have looked a lot better, but you could also make the argument that – the Mavericks needed a career best effort from Jalen Brunson in order to even get one of the games. They were only, they only lost by six. So Utah did cover uh, in game one, but they were really, uh, really close. Bohan Bogdanovic uh, went off. Donovan Mitchell had 32. Brunson was 24, the leading score for the Mavericks, but it was, it was 46 combined from Brunson and Dinwiddie in game one and that's not going to be enough when you've got uh, guys like Donovan Mitchell that was scoring 32 points and and then you know Donovan Mitchell Bogdanovich with 26 Conley had 13 uh you were you've been at both the first two games so far Drew uh you know you saw what happened in game one what do you think was the biggest takeaway besides maybe Brunson going off in game two, what was really the difference? Well, um, compared to game one, it's a, it's a fairly big difference and, you know, there's nothing you can do about the rebound battle. I mean, we're going to mm-hmm. lose it no matter what, you know, and like Jason Kidd said, we got the win. Uh, you know, that's really what matters, but you, you know, the discrepancy from the last time, you know, free throws were super important in that first game, and we missed them. I mean, we didn't necessarily shoot them better percentage-wise, but, mm-hmm. I mean, we were 10 for 13, so that's a little bit, you know, you, you're you're happier yeah. with that than you are with the previous result. Um, yeah. You got to 
you got a little bit more. Well, I say a little bit more. I mean, the difference is obviously Maxi. Um, you know, Maxi yeah. coming off the bench, letting you know ten plus threes fly and hitting eight of them is just incredible. And I think I don't remember if it was us that talked about it or if I talked about it elsewhere. But you know, uh, you know, obviously we need a bench help. I mentioned that we should have. You know, we did test out Trey Burke, and we did we did test it, and then we sat him back down. Uh, glad we we had the the wherewithal to set him back down. But, you know, Maxi, I didn't know Maxi was going to come out of this slump overnight. And he really, he really pretty much did. Like yeah. went from, what was that? Two for seven in game one uh, to eight for 11 from the field in game two and just letting it fly. Just like every time I saw him hoist one up, I was like, oh my God, for real? Another one? He just kept letting them go and they would just go down. It was such a cool feeling to just watch watch him just let it fly and just the place erupt and you know just him really having confidence in his shot again like i knew he was confident that night yeah. he was not in game 1 at all he was still skittish he felt the carryover from the regular season and then in game 2 he like, like i believe he said like he's going to let 10 threes fly he did and you know he didn't have any doubts about them when they were flying up there and man, it that that's one of the biggest differences. You know, Brunson, he played his game. He was more efficient, took the same amount of shots, just made more. Um, you know, I, he had at one point he hit three straight threes. So, I mean, just that momentum just for the team as well. And we didn't get anything like that yeah. to get us going in game 1. So, you know, and and the building felt like it had, you know, a different feeling in it than it did in game 1. So, you know, the atmosphere definitely helped. Obviously, efficiency helps. Spencer's still got to get it together, man. He didn't score a point uh, for such a long time in the in the first game. I, I don't know the exact time frame, but he went he went a while without. So J- Jalen had like 11 to 15 before Spencer scored his first point. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer's just got to find find his niche and get more efficient with what he's got to do. Uh, if it if it means take less shots but just better ones, by God, you know, do it. Uh, you know, Dodo, you know, he had an inefficient night, but you know, when when you've got guys that are making up for it, you know, making some more important shots and some bigger ones, uh, you know, that Maxi was able to knock down, uh, then then it'll it'll fill that void of Dodo having a little rough one offensively. But you know, it's just you know overall energy. And you got more from your bench. You know, you got a you got a crap ton from one guy. Otherwise, you didn't yeah. get anything from yeah. your bench. Any everybody else was uh, two for nine, and gave you five points. Those other three guys. So, Bertans gave you thirteen minutes of cardio. Cardio and vibes. <laughs> thirteen minutes of cardio and vibes. One rebound and one assist. What a guy! But mm. fouled three times. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, there's the difference there. You know, Mavs just obviously have to get some more help aside from the guys, you know, you got to get buckets from. So, and Maxie doesn't have to replicate what he did, but you know, we could use four or five threes again. Um, you know, Finney Smith, when he, if he's taking 11 shots, he's got to hit more than three of them. Um, Reggie Bullock, you know, he, he's doing a lot defensively, so I don't mind him not shooting a ton. He's still being efficient with it. So I love it. Uh, taking what he's given. Um, we just need more bench, man. We we need more help off the bench. You know, Trevor, yeah. you know, you pop popped you in to see if you can get some buckets. You made one out of three shots, go sit back down. Josh Green, you've had a lot of opportunity. He Josh Green is one for nine in this series. One for nine in this series. 
off the off the bench. He's playing. He can't can't knock it down. And then he tried boldly enough to get himself going and try to posterize Rudy Gobert and got absolutely obliterated at the rim. <laughs> so I mean, yikes! For the Mavs, you know, as long as we kind of if we limit them, then we can we have a chance to win if we're making shots. You know, because Donovan's still gonna you know put up a whole bunch of shots and score because they absolutely need him to. Mike mm-hmm. Conley has been virtually irre- irrelevant this series. Um, I wish we would take <laughs> Bullock off of him because he's obviously not doing anything. Go get on Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is averaging like 25 in this series. Um, so need to help slow some of that little bit of offense they have down because they're not really getting, any, getting anything from the bench besides Jordan Clarkson. Um, and he's really helping out. So, I mean, I don't. We've got a chance to really make this competitive, and I hope that, you know, when they decide to bring Luka back, uh, whether it's on the road in Utah or they play it extra safe and have him at the peak of what he could possibly be joining this series, hopping in in game five, uh, I still think we have a chance to beat them no matter what. I I think it was said best on on Twitter. uh, If Luke is in the series, it's a Dallas sweep. And I mean, the way they were playing, I really, I really do feel like that actually could legitimately be the case. Um, There's some rumblings that Luca could be back for game three. Nothing confirmed. He still listed his day to day. Obviously there wouldn't be anything until Thursday when, when game three is scheduled to be played right now, Utah, a six point favorite for that game. But I, Drew, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I I don't think he plays game three, but I would not be a bit surprised if he shows up and is eligible and they play play him on Saturday in game four. You know, I know that they might be extra cautious and wait till game five, but I think you really with with four games remaining, whether you're up two one or down two one, it, I think that would be the, the best time to bring him out. Well I think if the Mavs like if the Mavs want to end it in six with or without Luca, they have to win the first game in Utah. The second game, I don't think they can close it out in six, even if they win it and keep it two, two. Um, mm-hmm. I think they've got to win the first one to really show like, Hey, we can beat y'all. We don't need him. We can like, you know, yeah. the first game was close. We won this one by six, but you know, back to back wins would really send a message. Yeah, and it, might, and it might make them come out in game four a little more unorthodox, trying to do some things and put up some points and, I don't know, maybe feel the pressure of going down 2-1 to a team that doesn't have its best player. And get, get in their heads, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think game three is the second most important game in this series. It was the second most important game when the Mavericks took down the Heat in 2011 in the NBA finals. They didn't win that one, but they didn't lose again in that series. So we'll see how it goes for the Mavericks. All right. We'll go ahead and talk about the hottest team in the Western conference right now, Drew, that would be the golden state warriors coming off of just a couple thrashings of the Denver nuggets and looking, there's a reason why Vegas has boosted their odds considerably. They are looking like the golden state of years past when they were making four straight finals appearances. Jordan Poole went off for 30 points in game one. Curry came back and, and had a, a lot of, a uh, lot of good looks and, and he made 
Uh, he made five of 13 shots in his return, three of six from deep and for 16 points in game one. But even better in game two, 34 for Curry coming off the bench. And he looked like Curry of, of old um, in doing so. Meanwhile, it's just been for um, for Denver. They don't have enough weapons nope. to counteract this Warriors team. And that's why I kind of was was confident when I said Warriors in five. I, I, the way they're playing right now, Drew, Denver might not even win a game. They they don't they they had Jokic who who hit the showers a little bit early in game two because he was frustrated with with the officiating uh, in a twenty eight point loss and then in game one they were able to get twenty five from Jokic and twenty five and ten six assists as well but the Warriors have done a fantastic job of keeping him in check and the Nuggets just have not had a whole lot of contributions from anybody else they got twenty four from Barton. In game one, Bones Highland contributing 10 off the bench is, is good, but that's about it for key contributors for Denver. And then in game two, you know, Jokic had 26, but nobody else had more than 12. You had Barton, Morris, mm. and Bones Highland with 12. Man, again. that is the story of the season for Jokic. You talk about him having, what, 25 and those guys only having 12, and that's about what Will Barton's average was in the season, yeah. over 13 points. And that's just – that's the story of it. That just uh, – it really bolsters his MVP case, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he just he, – they don't have enough firepower out there. If you had – if you had Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, this is an incredible series. Oh, if you yeah. Had, if you had even just Jamal Murray, this is a really good series. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he just he just, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have the, the skill out there to be able to help him. Uh, you know, his teammates don't have enough. You know, Will Barton, as much as he can do sometimes, as you saw in game one with 20-plus points, you know, it's not an all-the-time thing. You can't rely on that night in and night out. You're going to have a whole lot of up and down game from Will Barton. You know, you might see the same amount of points this time. And then maybe in uh, the, what is it, the fourth game he has, you know, 26 or something. It's mm-hmm. going to be like that for, for Will Barton. But uh, Jokic, you know, I understand the frustration. Doesn't have enough help. Nobody he can rely on to knock down some shots, you know. So either Murray's going to have to come back before he should in a series that they might not win anyway. Or they're gonna, they might end up getting swept, man. Yeah, I picked, I picked uh, Denver to lose in five, and I feel really good about that pick. And not, not because I'm cheering against the Nuggets. Don't, don't kid me wrong. I, I would love to see this series. It's, it's like the Western Conference's version of Bucks and and Bulls. It's just funny because both uh, the Warriors and the Bucks are the three seed. Uh, you'd like to see it be more competitive. They just both the Bulls and the Nuggets have lost some significant firepower that made them, you know, more dangerous for the Bulls in the regular season for the Nuggets in the past few seasons. Uh, with Porter Jr., he is listed to be out for game three. Now, I don't know if uh, if Jamal Murray is as well. I wouldn't imagine that that he would be coming back, but there's nothing official on him as of yet. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that, but it's it's just been flat domination really from the Warriors so far to this point. Yeah. Uh, 
And then the two seven matchup drew has been a tale of two blowouts. Mm. Uh, well, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, game one was a 13 point victory for the Timberwolves to get in their first playoff win in, you know, who knows how long it's been at least 20 years. Cause that was the last time they made it to the playoffs when they had uh, Kevin Garnett and, and, and those guys. And then the uh, Grizzlies were able to turn it around on Tuesday night and just, Schmack the Timberwolves around, nearly winning by thirty. They they tied or they were, uh, they had the third biggest blowout after losing game one at home by ten or more. I saw that stat uh, last night after the game. Do you on, happen to know Tuesday if there's a, a stat out there about the difference, uh, the scoring margin for a winning team to a losing team from game one to two? Because Timberwolves had 130 and only put up 96 in that next game. I don't know about in terms of point total, but I do know that the Memphis had the third biggest point differential in terms of a win after a game one loss by double digits. I, I, I think there might be a way to look that up. I just don't know if I would – be able to find that before we we would uh, right. have to wrap it up this episode. So thirty four is a lot. Oh yeah, big differential there. And the weird part about it is it makes the average still like kind of close in the team, uh, in the series. Um, still, uh, season averages one twenty and a half Grizzlies to one thirteen for the T Wolves. Uh, rebound battles really close, just forty three to forty one and a half assists. Advantage Memphis 27 to 23 and a half. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns has had a, uh, had a had a weird series. Um, and so so also has Anthony Edwards. Um, more so probably um, Carl Anthony Towns. Dude had seven field goal attempts in game two. 15 and 11. And... Anthony Edwards, you know, he didn't shoot bad, seven for sixteen, just under fifty percent, and but only got twenty points after like a thirty-six point outing in game one. D'Lo Russell, inefficient, not effective, eleven points, four assists. What is this former All Star doing out there besides getting some cardio? <laughs> um, it's just a uh, just a big difference from those guys in their their first performance uh, compared to their second. Um, so I don't know. I just want to see some more consistency out of these Grizzlies who, you know, were so hyped after getting here, um, and had a good game one with the upset win to, uh, you know, cut Carl Anthony Townsend's shots down by almost two thirds and Anthony Edwards, you know, knock it up as many as well. D'Lo Russell for this series from the field, five for 22, BJ. Ooh. Averaging 10 and a half points. He was Eight. minus 26 in game two. I'd have to go back and look and see. And minus 12 in game one. Yeah. Oh, not great. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. Sorry. He was he was a plus 12. I took that back. Oh, okay. He had nine assists. So he's I mean, minus 14 he's, for the season or for yeah. the series, I should say. Yeah. But uh, they need more from him, obviously. Yeah. And Anthony Edwards got to be more consistent with it. Uh, can't barely squeak out 20 points after going crazy in your first outing, brother. They need ya. 
What about Cat need... though? Cat was yeah. limited to 15 points, just no, shot seven that's what times. I'm saying. He only got seven shot attempts compared to his 18 in the first game, and that's the problem. Yeah. You know, you give Cat the ball some more, it's probably a closer game. You know. Yeah. Um. You know, Delo's still putting up the same amount of shots, not making anywhere close to enough of them. You start distributing that elsewhere, but yeah, they need yeah. KAT to be KAT and uh, put the pressure on Jaron Jackson Jr. and Stephen Adams. Um, so, I mean, you know, they need to get him the ball <laughs> flat. Yeah. I mean, he can't have single digit, you know, attempts. That's, you know, you just can't do that. He's, you can't do that. No. He's arguably your best player. I mean, you, he could, you could outright say he's your best player that Anthony Edwards hasn't got there yet. And Delo's not even what he used to be. So he gives your best player. You got to get that guy the ball more. Uh, get him the ball. All right. I will ask this question real quick before we move on. Uh, what has been the best series so far through just a couple games, and what do you think is going to be the best first round series when we get looking back to the at the end of uh, the conference finals, and we say, "Hey, that series was actually pretty good." It, it, both games are back and forth. Um, bias because I've been to both games. I'm going to say Dallas Utah has been the best. Okay. Um, it. I mean, as far as excitement, you would probably say. Um, Memphis, Minnesota, I don't know. I think the best series is going to be Boston, Brooklyn. No. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think that uh, I would, I would say Dallas, Utah has been an incredible atmosphere because, you know, Dallas, it's been so long since they've had the home court advantage. It's been a, you know, they made it to the playoffs last year, but you know what, it wasn't a full packed crowd like, like it uh, is this year. So it's been, quite a while it's been back since before Dirk retired before the last time that the Mavericks had a you know a genuine home court advantage and and had a full crowd and and uh in the playoff games in fact it may have been the 2014 season when they played the Spurs in the first round the last time they had a an atmosphere like this but I, I would say Boston Brooklyn the way the game one ended it, you know I think that's just the precursor to what we're going to see I think that's going to be back and forth and back and forth throughout the entirety of, of what I expect to be a seven-game series, Drew. Yes, indeed, BJ. And now it's Ooh. time to play a little bitty game. A game again? A little game again, a little baby game, a little cool game. A All cool, cool game. cats play this game. All right. This game's called With It or Quit It. We ask five questions to one another when we don't have a guest five mm-hmm. questions from mr bj today and i just didn't know whether he's with this question he's with this or he's gonna quit it and he's not well let's we'll find going. out let's, let's do it let's get it going all right bj number one wendy's is an underrated fast food joint with it or quit it Oh yeah, I'm absolutely with it, Drew. I mean, there's, I I find myself more often than uh, more often than than anywhere else uh, going. I, I not how am I going to say this? Spit right. it out! <laughs> All right, more often than going to a place like McDonald's or Burger King, I'll find myself at Wendy's uh, most often. Now I, I don't, you know. I, I do like Brahms and Whataburger and other places like that, but I think Wendy's gets, you know, a lot of, of uh, a lot of grief 
for for whatever reason and i think that they've got a lot of good food over there at least for fast food quality i i you know i go for the the four for four obviously we're not wendy's not a paid sponsor so just to keep transparency alive but i like the the four for four get you know you get a burger you get nuggets you get fries and a drink and you know it's it's actually you know pretty pretty decently good for the the value that you're paying so and then you can add on a frosty and just complete the meal with a chef's kiss okay there you go but yeah i'm absolutely with it same i i like to dive into wendy's every now and then um I I managed to find something on the app, and I get a good purchase. It's good, oh, yeah. good, good food for sure. And they have the the best. Uh, I've, somebody else told me about another location, but I I haven't tried that yet. But the best strawberry lemonade. I haven't tried the strawberry lemonade. I know oh, we were talking about it last time, but you're gonna ask for a gallon once you do. <laughs> might have to. Yeah, honestly, I might have to. All right, number two. Devin Booker does not return in the first round series against the Pelicans. With it or quit it? See, I, I hate questions like these because, you know, it did not look like it was too severe of an injury. But so it is a want, hamstring. Yeah, you would want to say quit it even if it was just a little bit tightness. Maybe, you know, get to rest it and get the heat, the, you know, the muscle relaxer, not, not the – you know, whatever that massage gun thing is, get that and try to, you know, uh, see what, what's going on with that. I can't imagine him missing the remainder of the series. He might miss a couple of games and I think Phoenix should be all right because I mean, I think what it was the biggest thing, um, in game two was that he played the first half and then they lost him. If they didn't have him had time to prepare for, the Pelicans without him, they might have been able to, to be victorious. So I'm going to say quit it. I don't think he misses the remainder of the series. I think he might miss at least a couple games, but I think that is, you know, with them just trying to be hesitant, kind of like the situation with, with the Mavericks and Luka Doncic. I don't expect him to be out for the remainder of the series though. Okay. Okay. And we'll, we'll, we'll see if, if, if something comes up, and it's more severe than we thought. We'll we'll obviously have to to go back and 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 readjust our our predictions and everything. So, All right, number three, white chocolate is the best chocolate candy. With it or quit it? What are they selling? They're selling chocolate. They're selling chocolate. They're selling chocolate. I just had a chocolate. I remember when they first invented chocolate. I remember uh, the first time I had chocolate. I always hated it. <laughs> uh, so you said white chocolate is the best chocolate? Yeah, better than like regular chocolate, milk chocolate. Oh, I don't know if I can go with that, Drew. Uh, I, I, I think about this. Yeah. You like? Do you like Hershey's? Yeah. The regular Hershey have, have bar you, have, versus yeah, the Hershey's have, cookies and cream. Uh I've always been more of a, more the the uh, regular Hershey bar. Dang, you cream. you just what? like dark chocolate, it, huh? Or chocolate, uh, it's actually chocolate. it's milk chocolate. Yeah, yeah. That's, but, I'm sorry, I didn't mean yeah, to be dark. That's all good. 
I, I'm not saying there's anything bad with it. I, I do enjoy the cookies and cream. I've just always been a, I think the milk chocolate gives you a more rich flavor. Um, so I, I think that, you know, when at the end of the day, that's, I think in terms of the richness and the flavor of, of chocolate, the milk chocolate's the way to go. So I'm going to say quit it. Okay, buddy. <laughs> okay. All right. We need to do a lowdown taste test next time around. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a that could be a whole a whole video on Twitch. We just there you go. set up uh talk shows and podcasts and just just have a whole with it or quit it show. <laughs> like I like that that's idea. That's a bad idea. That's that's that could be an extra like a bonus episode. Oh yeah. Uh, stay once, tuned. In between seasons, maybe. Yeah, stay tuned, peeps. Okay, all right. Number four. EJ, in 2021, the Dallas Wings had two All-Stars, if you recall. Mm-hmm. For number four, the Dallas Wings this season will have three All-Stars in 2022. Ooh. With it or quit it? Hmm. Uh, so you got to remind me again how many uh, are on each team. Is it, is it still 12? 12? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think two. I think they get two again. I'm, I'm going to have to say quit it. I, I think it's as much talent as there is across the league, especially in the Western Conference. I just can't imagine the Wings being able to get – more than two on the all-star team again i'd like to hope i'm wrong but i'm just going to go ahead and, and just be a little conservative and, and say they get at you know no more than two this time around so uh, that's fair i hope i'm wrong but three is a lot i quit. mean yeah three is a super team almost yeah you know? oh yeah so i mean i'm just seeing where you were at okay yeah. last but not least number five five Popcorn is a must anytime you watch a movie. With it or quit it. I'm I'm probably gonna be exiled for this, but I've I like the taste of popcorn. I just don't like what it does to me. <laughs> oh, so I I what's up? You gas or something? Yeah, I was trying oh. to trying to spare our our, our uh, listeners' ears with uh, not having to go into graphic detail. BJ but... be tooting on that popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's it's not a pleasant experience to be around me for an, you know That's a day or so crazy. after a movie. Popcorn gives you gas. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. That's, a, that's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean I it, it, it's I love the taste. I love, you know, the taste of popcorn and I will I if I if in small doses I can I'm all right. It you know, <laughs> if I eat like a like a whole bucket or whatever, then it's it's like you're, <laughs> you're sending everybody out of a movie theater if you're eating. Uh, that's that's the way I used to be able to watch movies all by myself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm obviously joking about that, but oh, yeah, I, it, it's you know I I think it's one of those that I mean, I think it's a must, but I can do without it because it's better for me if I do without it, right. unless it's like a small dose. Like if if it's you know if if I'm sharing with someone or whatever, I'll 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 have a few kernels or whatever, but I right. I don't do a full pop 
popcorn bucket or anything like that. I, in fact, I, I very rarely will, will get much of any snacks at the movie theater. Cause usually if I'm going to a movie, I'll either go out and get some food after the movie's over or I'll have eaten beforehand or something. So, and I'm actually, I'm a little surprised. Um, well, I asked this question like in roots. Cause like when I was thinking about it, like, you know, I was thinking about popcorn at the movies. Like it feels like it's almost a must when you go to the theater mm-hmm. that it's a thing to get popcorn and watch your movie. But I but don't do feel that same thing. Home? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't feel that same thing at home. Like, because you got so many more options. Like, yeah. I want to sit over there with my Cheetos and watch this movie? Probably. Do you, um, do you think it's more because at the movie theater, that's about the like most appetizing thing while at home? You, you could, like, I mean, I know there used well, to be a lot of people that would sneak their own snacks into the movies for a while. Well, long time. I, I don't want to say most appetizing thing because, I mean, some, the, bigger theaters will sell like nachos and expand their you know their counters to to way more like some theaters actually have full service bars now which is just kind of studio grills and stuff will have yeah like the the movie theater i'm going to this weekend is gonna have Mm -hmm. the nicer stuff so even the cinemark that i go to has a full sale service bar now which is kind of surprising to me exactly not to me shoot people get drunk during the movies Heck, you get money out of me doing that for sure. Yeah, I know for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was just, and actually, I'm on the quit it side, like, so it's not a necessity. It's not a thing for me at home. Like, I have a thing yeah. of popcorn, but I don't go actively pop a bag to watch a movie at home. No, I don't. Even either. though I could, and, like, I I very rarely uh will do it at the movies as as said previously why but hmm. you know it, it feels like when you it, depending upon where you are that might be your best bet uh and, it, and it's weird that i said that theater. because i would actually i mean i'd probably still get just popcorn even if i was at a bougie one like that offered <laughs> other other foods and stuff it's just like you know this yeah. is the time where i eat my popcorn this is this is gonna happen like but. If you've ever been to one of those AMC dine-in theaters, I mean, it's Ooh. it's really good the quality, but it they really make you feel it in your wallet. I'll tell you that. So I it's, bet you, dude. you don't you don't want you might have to stick with the popcorn if you ever go in one of those places, just okay. because it'll help you save a little bit of money, not a whole lot, but a little bit of money at the end of the day. <laughs> I'll take a little bit of savings because yeah, I'll be going to a fancy theater this weekend. So hopefully that one doesn't pull my pockets too much. Missed yeah. out on reserving a seat. So golly. Oh man. Oh man. I didn't even know I could do that. But by the time I didn't decide to do it one day, it, the option was gone the next day. <laughs> I mean, so what, what movie are you going to see? Uh, I'm going to see the, the Huntsman that's going to come out. Oh, okay. I've Friday. heard good things about that. Oh man. It looks uh, so good. I I might not go see a movie until the new Doctor Strange movie in a couple weeks. Really, man? Yeah, the, the I North- still haven't seen Batman. So or, sorry, it's not Huntsman. It's Northman. Northman. Um, the North. I knew which one you were talking about. But... Yeah, it looks really good. It's and it's two hours too, so it's like it's it's plenty. So I feel like I'm gonna get a lot in this little this story. A lot of. A lot mm-hmm. of good stuff. So I mean, yeah. and it's it's one of the better ones. that's going to be in theaters. We we were going to see either Batman or Spider Man, uh, if it was still there. Me and my girlfriend. But uh, mm-hmm. um, hey, doesn't that sound good to say? Yeah. Um. But uh, 
it's going to be gone because of all the new movies that are debuting on Friday. There's like three at least yeah. coming out. So it's taking Batman, Spider-Man and something else. So ended up going and I'm going to be watching this on Saturday. So I'll, I'll be all sure right. to give reviews. Yeah, we'll have to do a review of Lowdown at the movies next week. Oh, yeah. But Lowdown with it or quit it episode, like straight up whole with it or quit it sounds fun. Yeah, that's that should be something. If if you want to see that, let us know if you're with it or quit it for a full with it or quit it episode. Especially 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 if you're in our Discord, holler at us. Or it's my Discord, actually, but... uh. If you go follow us on social media, you can see links to set discords. Uh, there you go. But uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram, though. Uh, at the lowdown, the underscore lowdown, T-H-A underscore lowdown on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow our personals, then that's cool, too. The at names are always in our uh, in our uh, screens on Twitch when we stream live on there as well. But uh, yeah, it's it's in the you can find us through those our uh, our lowdown page either way. So we will uh, reconvene, probably talk some WNBA training camp next episode because they'll have a they'll have a little over a week in actually almost two full weeks of training camp by the time we we get back and talk about that. So we will do that next time out. So be on the lookout. Uh, for the next episode and appreciate everybody that tuned in and we will catch you next week. Peace.